It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, April 26th. The LA Galaxy get a 3-2 win over the visiting New York Red Bulls. Chicharito scores a hat trick. A lot to talk about in this game. A lot of good things. Some not-so-good things. It's It's a mixed bag, as it was in most of... The first game as well. That's okay. We're going to get through it. Uh, we have some predictions and some things that are certainly going to look way out ahead and predict wild things. So uh, let's hang around for that as well. Uh, Chicharito gets some more awards, and uh, we're going to get you ready a little bit for that game coming up in Seattle as well. So a lot of LA Galaxy news to touch on, a lot of things to get to to help me do all that. He's here. The man, the myth, the legend, Kevin, the Panda Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, you know, I thought we might talk a little bit about Chicharito tonight. I wasn't sure. You didn't tell me what we we're going to talk about. I just guessed that he might be a topic. So I wore my old school Mexican national team jersey in honor of Chicharito. And I also have, in honor of our debut on YouTube Live, I have some some Chicharito action figures. Here he is in a Man City suit. And you can see in Man City, Kitty can move his arms and do stuff. And it says Hernandez on the back instead of Chicharito. Then here's the Chicharito plush. This in his national team uniform, and that one does say Chicharito on the back. And then, look at this one. This is the nesting doll that I got at the World Cup in Russia. That's, There's Chicharito as a nesting doll, huh? I was going to say, that's a special one there, the, the nesting doll version of, uh, of Chicharito as well. So. And, yeah. And then we have the the Galaxy Panda. Maybe uh, he should just do the rest of the show. I, he, it would probably be a better idea. We we discussed yeah. that. We thought it maybe a maybe an upgrade for it. Whenever you like, get at rid it. of him. So, okay, there yeah. he goes. Absolutely. So anyway, I mean, hey Kevin, fans back in the stadium, people cheering. I mean, it it if if I didn't know any better, I would say that was a real soccer game we actually got to watch on Sunday. You know what's funny is you put your head down to write um, uh, while the game's going on, you hear the crowd. And it sounds like a real crowd. It's and not maybe not capacity, but it sounds like a good sized crowd. The drums and everything. And then you look up and you see a lot of empty seats. They had just under seven thousand, uh, less uh, about a quarter, not quite a quarter of capacity. But uh, when you weren't looking, when you weren't looking at the empty seats, it sounded like a real crowd. It did. It, you know, and I, I said, uh, I tweeted out before the game, I go, I don't know if everybody's just pumped up or if I haven't been in the stadium with a crowd in a long time, but it sounded loud. It sounded like it sounded like there were more people. That, and I know that's easy to say. And, you know, people were already like, yeah, sure, it does. That's exactly what it means. But um, 
it just sounded, I don't, I don't know, maybe it reverberates off of things whenever there's that empty space. I know that whenever you look at it on TV, certainly there aren't a ton of people there, but it felt lively. It felt, you know, I, you could tell the difference. Jonathan Bond came out um, to start sort of his warmups and people gave him a standing ovation. I mean, I get it. Soccer hungry and you find, and you get to see a guy like Jonathan Bond who, who you haven't seen yet in person and he comes out. I mean, all that was so, there was just so much positivity and so many good things I think that sort of happened um, in this game it was just it was just fun to see and there was an excitement about the team and again maybe it's because people haven't been at the stadium in a long time maybe it's because the LA Galaxy actually are playing entertaining soccer and maybe it's because Greg Vanny has them pointing in the right direction maybe it's because they had a chance to win their second game in a row all of these things probably go hand in hand in all of this but there was an energy there that uh, I appreciated, I acknowledged, and I, and I have to tell the one story before I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. I, I walked up into the press box, um, and I get there a little later now. I'm not like you, Kevin. You were waiting for the gates to open, weren't you? I was, yes. about 45 minutes before the gates. I was way too early. That's usually when I, I show up. I usually go in earlier, but with uh, with the kid anymore, it's it's better if I stay and, and help out and show up a little later. But I walked upstairs, I put my stuff down, I got my seat in the press box, which I had been in the preseason, no problems. Uh, went and grabbed some food, which the guy, the Galaxy did a great job giving us actual real food, not sandwiches. I mean, they, I was I was totally shocked. I was expecting a box box lunch, Kevin. I, I, I heard know. there were half. I, I was told there were halftime cookies. I was told after the game. Yes, there were. I missed the halftime cookies. Individually wrapped halftime cookies, Kevin Baxter. Not only that. Um, but my good friend, my, my seatmate, uh, for the night, Mr. Scott French got me one of those individually wrapped cookies. I didn't even have to leave my seat, but they were wrapped so many times in, 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 uh, what plastic wrap, right? Saran wrap, but, but however you want to say that, um, it was wrapped like seven times. It took me about five minutes to get into my cookie, but I, I did get it. And it, well, that's it was so you delicious. burn the calories. And when you get the, it's, it's cal- calorie neutral by the time you get done. Um, yeah. So, uh, it was, uh, it was fun, but I walked in, I grabbed my stuff. Um, I grabbed some food and I went to go walk and I looked over and there's Michael Rajo and he's, he's sitting there and, and I walked up to him and I, and I got to see him obviously social distancing still walked into the area, gave him some room, had our masks on stuff like that. I looked at him and I said, Mike, I go, I missed you. I missed you so much. I might cry. Right. And it really is just this whole, that was not a normal thing during this time, Kevin, right? When, when we went to games, there was no announcements. There was no music. There was none of that that was going on when we went to the games last year. Um, you know, we didn't get to sit up in the press box. So Mike got to make his announcements sort of by himself up there. We weren't there with well, him. Well, no, I, sometimes he did it from home. Oh, didn't, did, did he really? Did, did they? that's what I was told? Yeah. Ooh, that was, that's even more, that, that's totally fun. That's totally fun. Um. Anyway, but no. Uh. Well, so, so I got to say, I, say I, yes. I can beat that. Yes. I can beat that. Go I got it. to see Joe Tutino. Uh huh. I I went and I met with him, and I got to see Carrie and Sarah Hall, two longtime Galaxy season ticket holders. Absolutely. Who were there. So you did get to. I got to see. I got to see them as well as at halftime. I got to see some of the people at halftime. I went down at halftime. Um. I got to run into uh, the new sideline reporter from Spectrum Sports. That's Nikki K. Um. So I got to see her in person. Uh. We have been messaging back and forth because we we're talking about the galaxy, and I said if she ever needed anything, that type of thing. She's locked in. Uh. She wasn't Kevin. This is, this is something that you don't see very often. But she wasn't required to be at that game because um. She that because Spectrum wasn't covering it right, 
And she was in the press box covering that game, or at least watching that game. So that way she could make sure she was studying up on things as it went. So I thought that was really cool. She's really nice, really excited uh, to be covering the Galaxy, too. So um, if you don't follow Nikki on social media, go find her, uh, follow her. She's very interactive. You could talk to her. She's great. And uh, I promise we will have her on the podcast because we've been talking about that since she uh, started joining. So um, we did that as well. Uh, for, for everybody listening at home, too, I know I sort of buried the lead. We're, we're trying stuff out, Kevin and I. Um, and Kevin, you sort of mentioned it a little bit. Um, but we, we are live on a Monday night, which we're normally not live on a Monday night. And I know my graphic says recorded earlier only because that graphic has been around for like four years since we've started doing like the video and then posting the video. I've always had a recorded earlier. I just haven't fixed it. So this is we're in the what is it the, the test phase of this. This is not an official announcement. We're not officially going live on Mondays, but we're testing it out. So that way we can. We can see but we are that. officially live right now. We are. And there are people in the chat room. And Will already gave us 99 cents on a super chat just to start things out. So thank and, you. Will. And we have we have live video. We have. Well, yes. I mean, you and I so are So if live. you're watching, you can see like Superman Chicharito coming through. There he yeah. goes. There he goes. Away, away he goes. So I, and again, remember, I would always and the, I, this is behind the scenes. People normally don't get this. I have to remind Kevin constantly that the majority of our viewers come from the podcast and not the visual medium of the live show. So remember well, Viewers, you just call them viewers. You mean listeners? Viewers, the majority listeners, of our listeners, uh, subscribers, most of those people. So anyway, uh, Panda, what they're missing? Uh, what they're missing? See, that's just horrible, horrible podcasting. Uh, Panda <laughs> Legacy gave us five dollars uh, and says uh, in the super chat and says a one dollar donation per Chicha's goals. So what five dollars in total? Thank you, Panda Legacy, for that. Uh, very, very much. So is that name? Is that named after me? No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, not not a thing. Let's talk about. I, the, I had Panda Express for lunch today. The, Just continuing the Panda thing. Go on. You're on brand. I understand. Uh, let's get uh, a little bit to uh, to the game now. Uh, the LA Galaxy lined up in what we thought and what played as a four-two-three-one. So this was different than what we saw, Kevin, in the previous game in Miami, where Ethan Zubak didn't play the wing; he played more of a forward role. Greg Vanny afterwards defended. Ethan Zubak playing in that forward role, but also saying it doesn't matter if there's two forwards. We have enough talent on this team with our wingers to be able to create that space in behind uh, the back line. And so um, this was really the test of that, right? Because you had Ethan Zubak, who was going to play more more up top. Certainly, he's not going to be playing as much defense. Uh, and so playing on the right wing, you had Grand Sir, Sam Grand Sir. Um, on the left side, you have Vasquez in the center, Chicharito up top. Obviously, Adam Saldana got another uh, another start after being, I think everybody sort of figured out, not very strong in the Miami game, and I think struggled in this game as well. But, you know, we can talk about that. Jonathan Dos Santos in the midfield uh, wearing the captain's badge with Sebastian Legette suspended. Julian Araujo comes back from red card suspension, uh, and he plays and starts on that right back role. It was Nick DePew and Daniel Starez in the center, and then Jorge Villa Fania on that left back side with Jonathan Bond um, in goal. So that's where we stood. That's where we started, Kevin. Um, let's uh, let's briefly just say the Red Bulls are a weird team. Greg Vanny was talking about them all week and saying, listen, they're a different team. You don't prepare for them any like <laughs> this is not like one where you say, oh, they play a lot like these. They play their own style. It's very unique. You know, the high press is coming. You know, you're going to be pressured on the ball. All of those things were known ahead of time. Um, and that's sort of how it played out, I think, for, you know, the first 10 minutes or so. I I, I didn't think the, I mean, I know the Red Bulls got a lot of shots. We're going to talk about that. The Galaxy have given up 33 shots in the first two games. Very few of them on goal. But um 
you know, the, the Red Bulls are starting a 16-year-old. I, I just – it wasn't – the Red Bulls are 0-2 this season. It's not the same deep Red Bull team, I think, that we're used to. They're in a little bit of a transition. And as excited as everybody is about this Galaxy start, and you and I were bouncing off walls last week about how great they looked against Miami, uh, and they looked even better, I thought, this week. Um, they have played two kind of rough teams. They haven't played really good teams. That changes this coming week when they go to Seattle – without Sebastian Legette, play on turf against a team that's played in four of the last five MLS Cup finals, uh, a team that's also undefeated. By the way, we, we kind of buried the lead on another thing, too. The Galaxy are the only team in MLS with six points, which yep. would have won you $100 in the U.S. Open Cup sweepstakes. I, I basically, somebody said today, and, and I think they're right, uh, This the, the U.S. Open Cup not being held is, is a conspiracy against the L.A. Galaxy because they knew that the Galaxy were going to get to the start. I'm going to push back just a little bit on you. Miami beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia this weekend. Now, we can take one of two things away from that. Miami is a better team than people sort of give them credit for, which they have a ton of star power. We knew they were going to come in a little bit tired. The Galaxy definitely got them in at the right time. First game of the season. They didn't have any preseason games. All that stuff mattered. Um, So we can take that and say Miami is a better team, and therefore the win against Miami is a better win. Or we can say that most of the MLS pundits got Philadelphia completely and totally wrong because they didn't play anybody last year, and giving them a supporter shield is quite honestly a travesty of justice. Either or one of you those. could say you could say that they're a little bit fatigued by Champions League, which is another factor in there. My point is, I think the Galaxy have played really well. It would be hard for me. I mean, there's been some defensive problems. It would be hard for me to say, you know, they need to do this or that or this is really lacking. Yes, they played very well. I'm just a, a little bit cautious because I don't know that they played a team that I would consider in the upper tier of MLS. Correct. And they have two now back-to-back, Seattle and LAFC, yes. coming back-to-back. Now, uh, and, and another thing, another little note of caution, and I say this because we've been bitten by this over the last couple of years. Jonathan Dos Santos and Chicharito both came out of the game uh, late with cramps yes. uh, or, or were beginning to develop cramps. How that play is going forward onto the turf in Seattle just something to sort of watch for. Well, I, I thought that was really interesting because uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, especially Greg Vanny, said it is a problem that they have been dealing with throughout the preseason and that they're trying to handle. So that that means that it's a reoccurring issue and they're trying to give him, obviously, I would imagine some sort of supplements to, to be able to limit those um, in there. But there were no injuries to either Chicharito or Jonathan Dos Santos per Greg Vanny in the in the postgame press conference. Uh, it was simply cramps. But when you look at this game and let's go back and, and roll, roll the tape back a little bit because the Galaxy, I thought, were a little bit on the ropes even early in that game, probably through about eight minutes, and then Chicharito and then Ethan Zubak, along with Jorge Villafania, which, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, Jorge Villafania was the best player on the night, I think, for the LA Galaxy. The second best player on the night for the LA Galaxy was Victor Vasquez, all right? And then there was a guy who scored three goals, Chicharito, who I think is the third best player on the night. And- so you're going to say the MLS player of the week yes. is the third best player on the Galaxy starting we, 11. Yeah, but we I mean is that is that really a surprise? We've known for a while that obviously the the player of the week you know, award uh, usually goes to the guy who scores the most goals. And and certainly with the storyline there, we we understand that as well. Um, but at the same time, uh Viafania was was outstanding on many, many times on a defense that was a little shaky on the night. I thought Dan Starris had a shaky night. I thought Nick DePew 
played okay. Um, I thought Julian Araujo was horrendous for most of the game. Uh, you could give him the assist uh, on the game-winning goal, which was great. His only anticipatory move of the entire game, he got it right. They scored on it. Everything's great. You know, give him credit for that. Um, but I didn't think he had a good first half. I didn't think he had a good second half. Um, so there were problems there. I mean, you know, there were people who didn't play well. Adam Saldana for the second game in a row, I thought got sort of muscled out of the center of the midfield. Was it better than the Miami game? Yeah, a little bit better than the Miami game. But is it something where you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally happy with the performance and the play? No, Greg Vanny wasn't happy. The players weren't happy. I mean, they're happy they won. There's, you have to separate that. They're happy they won. They understand. But most of them, like, we need to get back in the room and start studying tape and get back to training and get ready for Seattle. There was not a, a whole bunch of, oh, my God, we're the best play team in the world. They don't think that. But but saying all that, it's the only undefeated team, untied team, two weeks in the season, which is astounding to me. 27 teams and only one of them won their first two games. That's the Galaxy. It's a team that scored six goals. It's a franchise record for the first two games. Galaxy never done that before. Um, Chicharito scores five goals. Only one other player has done that in the first two weeks of the season. Brian Ching in 2006 scored five for Houston. So we have undefeated team, uh, franchise record for goals, a franchise record for goals by one player. Um, and they did it without Sebastian Legette. They did it without Kevin Cabral, who's not even here yet. They did it without Derek Williams. And they did it with a third of the players on the pitch not playing very well. Yeah. So there's a lot of room. You could look at this and say, wow, these guys are out to a great start. Or you could look at it and say, there's a lot more to come. Yeah. I think you just temper everything, right? I mean, does that, does that seem fair? I don't know. I, sometimes I think people, you know, get, get too involved in exactly what's going on. You know, ESPN has the power rankings correct right now. And an ESPN power rankings has the LA galaxy as the number one team in the power rankings because they're the only team that has won two games in a row. That's what, that's why they're in the power rankings. That makes sense for power rankings. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to hold out. Um, you know, MLS tried to get all cute and did like preseason power rankings and then wants to adjust people around from that when, you know, really there's a whole bunch of teams in there that they got wrong even to start with. So you're already working off of false information. Information, uh, to start with. So, I mean, you can put it there. What the LA Galaxy did in the first two games is not is not crazy. We talked about winning the first game and how roughly half of the seasons the Galaxy played, they have won the first game, which is a lot more than I think people have. I think it was 12 or 13 uh, of the seasons they won the first game, that type of thing. Winning the first two games, though, is now they're just the fifth team in Galaxy history to do that. The last time uh, a team won two wins in a row was in 2010. Uh, 2010, 2002, 2019, 96 are the teams that won um, the first two games. And if they go in, and let's just pretend for a second that they go up to Seattle and they beat Seattle, they would become one of just three LA Galaxy teams to have committed to have done that 1996 and 2010 are those years 1996 they won their first eight games but they also didn't have draws back then it was all shootouts uh, so you sort of have to take that with a grain of salt in 2010 they won their first four games and that was an uh, that was a supporter shield winning season the bottom line is we talk so much Kevin about how in MLS you can have a slow start and it doesn't hurt you right you can build into it you're still time to make the playoffs all those things and the Galaxy went out and just already spotted themselves six points out of, you know, every other team that has played two games and RSL and one other team haven't played two games because there's a bye week every week and RSL didn't play the first week. They won their first game. I forget who else it was. Maybe it was Columbus, I think, is the second team who only played one game. So um, and they didn't win their first game. They drew with Philadelphia. Um, so you, you look at all that and you can say, you know, there's something it, there could be something here. You know, there's there's certainly getting six points now. 
helps you in the long run to make the playoffs. Six points now does matter if you're going to win them now and you don't have to make them up later. And so when all those condensed games come in the middle of the season, the LA Galaxy spotted themselves six points to start this season. And that could end up being the six points that keeps them in the playoffs down the road. I mean, that's that's well, not that's not ridiculous to say. No, and, and there's a lot of other things you can add into that. They got six points um, without having Derek Williams and Kevin Cabral, who we've talked about. Guys are going to be key guys for them, and and Grant Sear not playing very well. So, you know, you got those six points without those guys even on the field or playing well. We're done with the East now. The Galaxy is done with yeah, the East. Right. So every game they play now is in the Western Conference. Why do, is that important? Because every game then has a, a sort of a double factor to it. Points the Galaxy gain if they win or our draw and points that they take away from the other team. So it, it, each game is sort of doubly important. Um, now this podcast is called from the box, from the press box, and there's no cheering in the press box. So you and I cannot really cheer for the galaxy, although this is a galaxy podcast. And I say all that to say, if you're a galaxy fan, I think you have every right to be excited right now. It's been the worst four year stretch in franchise history. There hasn't been a lot to cheer about aside from Zalatan and maybe a few other things, minor things, now you got Chicharito going crazy. The team's undefeated. Enjoy this. But as you said, temper. Know that they're not going to win 34 games. They're not going to go 34-0. And Chicharito's not going to score 85 goals. And the team's not going to score 102. Sure. So just know that there are going to be grim days coming. Um, how grim, we don't know. But as you mentioned, the six points. When we get into the summer and there's a lot of guys going off on international duty and guys get hurt, which we know is going to happen. And um, – Jonathan Dos Santos can't play in Houston because it's 400 degrees and he's cramping. These six points will be important then. Yeah, they're, they're going to be very important. Um, back to the game a little bit. Uh, you know, Ethan Zubek, uh, a guy who has been uh, absolutely just uh, piled on for most of the offseason as not the answer, not the answer, not the answer. Um, and by me, by the way, I don't know if everybody, was, I was actually talking about what I was saying about Ethan Zubak and, and sort of what he showed last year and what we have. I mean, we're seeing something and, and let's credit Ethan. Um, and he talked about it after the game, you know, having the, uh, how do we say having the, the confidence of the coaching staff that he has right now is, is huge for him because you can tell that he's feeding off of it. You can tell that Greg Vanny is coaching people. All right. Greg Vanny is coaching people. Uh, he is coaching the guys up and you're seeing guys sort of excel in the roles that Greg Vanny is putting them in. He's putting them in positions to succeed. He's telling Ethan back, Zubak to play the way that Ethan Zubak plays because he knows what that is and he knows that the galaxy can work with it. Um, but let's be let, let's be very honest right now. Uh, Chicharito hasn't scored a goal without Ethan Zubak being on the field. Uh, we know that. So Ethan Zubek's new name is the Chicha Whisperer. All right. That's what it is. He somehow finds a way. Ethan Zubek got, uh, you know, Jorge Villafania forced a, uh, a, a, a low turnover um, in the sort of at the center of the field and passed it forward. Ethan Zubek drove hard, which is one of the things that he's great at, drove hard towards the line, made defenders turn around, makes defenders try to commit. And then whenever he goes to, I imagine, get the shot off with his left foot, um, it looks like it gets deflected. It goes across the goal and and uh, I sat there and said, nope, that's going to go out of bounds. And all of a sudden, Chicharito comes from the little corner there and slams it into the side of the net and, and it goes in. And, you know, super, super great sort of follow. But I mean, that's what you expect from, from, from Javier Hernandez, right? It's not a poacher goal there. He's not poaching. 
but he's following the play. He's anticipating where it's going to be. And he even talked about it after the game, Kevin. He was like, I figured I could get there. I knew it was going to be a tight angle. He goes, but I thought I could get there. Um, and he did get there. And I think if that same guy happens last year, he doesn't even think he's going to get there. Um, so, uh, you know, Ethan Zubak sort of creates that. It, it's just... It, Ethan Zubak has been a little bit of a revelation and understanding that Kevin Cabral, who is the young designated player, is going to come in and take Ethan Zubak's starting spot, I think is a great thing. I think people should be really excited about it. And the reason they should be excited about it is because I feel like, and let's let's talk about hyperbole in week two, Kevin. Let's let's go, let's make, you know, week one wasn't enough hyperbole from us. I think we have to go week two hyperbole even more. But you're seeing the beginnings of a guy who is going to be a super sub, Ethan Zubak. It doesn't mean he's going to score a bazillion goals, but when he comes in, he's going to force issues. And Greg Vanny already sees that and is already utilizing him in the way that I think best suits him. And so, um, you know, whatever it is, the confidence of Chicharito scoring five goals, whether it's Ethan Zubak's confidence going forward now. I mean, you know, Zubak is flying just as high as Chicharito is with those five goals. Zubak hasn't scored a goal. It doesn't matter. <laughs> all these guys are, are feeding off of each other and all of them are, are working towards that. Well, you know what I think makes Zubik better is when you were talking about Zubik last year, you were talking about the guy who was asked to replace Chicharito. That's a whole different role than playing with Chicharito. Um, it, it changes what you're supposed to do. It changes your responsibility. It changes the pressure, which I think was the big thing for a young guy. He had to replace the greatest goal scorer in Mexican national team history, or he gets to play with him. It's a whole different set of responsibilities. I think Zubek is much more relaxed, and I think he relies on Chicharito, and that works. You know, I do think that it was a maybe not a classic poacher goal, but when you look at Chicharito's five goals this season, three of them have come on balls that deflected off defenders or goalkeepers. Those kind of are those 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 uh, definitive Chicharito goals, the ones where he's in the right position at the right time. He cleans up somebody else's mess. Um, that's what Chicharito does. And and uh, then the other two goals, one was that turn in, in, in Miami, sort of that quarter turn and the score. And then the other one was a run in the box. Chicharito scoring goals of the kind that he's known for scoring, what he's famous for. Uh, it, that's a great thing. I mean, if it, it would be one thing if it's just, you know, he's uh, you know, shooting from outside the box and the ball goes in. No, he's playing his game. We didn't see that at all last year. I don't remember him playing at all like this last year. No, and, and you don't. It's, listen, I mean, and, and we keep asking him about sort of like, what is, what do we see, um, you know, from, from last year? You know, what's the difference? And he's tired of talking about it. He's like, you know, the difference is that, you know, everything has changed and that everything is new and he wants to do everything a different way. So, I, I, I get it. I like how he's turned the page. I like how he's sort of, uh, you know, worked in there. And the bottom line is that when you see Chicharito scoring these goals, Kevin, the really interesting thing for me, at least, is that he's not taking a ton of shots, right? I think he has five goals on six shots. Um, and by he the does. way, yeah, no, seven shots, six on goal, six on goal. So he's had one shot off target. I mean, you're talking about just the peak of efficiency, maybe even outperforming a lot of, um, you know, what he's supposed to, what necessarily what you would expect him to sort of score at as well. So, but, but before yeah. I forget, mentioning the shot, something just occurred to me because I'm thinking last year back to Chicharito, how he didn't look like the Chicharito did this year. I, I can't tell you how many 30 yard field goals he kicked, balls that went over the net. And they were, he had 18 shots, I think, last year. So he has seven shots this year, six of them on goal. Right. That is way different than the Chicharito that we saw last year. Forget just the efficiency, just the ability to put those on target. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, 
Um, I talked to Chicharito on Thursday uh, before the game. We talked a little bit about his uh, working with an emotional mental coach and, and how important that's been. But one of the things I said to him was, you know, you must feel like a weight was lifted off your shoulder in that Miami game. And so even if you don't score against the Red Bulls, you must feel better. And he said, why would you say that? I'm good. Why, you know, how about if I do score against the Red Bulls? Imagine how much even better I'll feel then. I said, okay, you're going to get a hat trick. I (laughs) called it. You called it. It was, you're the reason, obviously. But he was very playful in that conversation too, by the way, which again, another difference from last year. Remember he missed that first press conference after the game. He was defensive whenever we talked to him all year. He, he never made excuse, but he was very defensive all the time. I I think I, I remember asking him a softball question and like, it was, it was something that was easy to, to answer. I wasn't trying to catch him or anything. And he got super defensive on everything. So, um, you know, seeing him, Again, I, I think if I'm Chicharito, I'm exhausted. If you next time you watch a press conference of his, and, and this is for everybody out there, sort of listener land, I talk to Kevin about this all the time. Um, but but listen to how many times he clarifies his remarks. Uh, whenever he talks about the differences between you know Greg Vanny and Guillermo Barrascoloto, he always has to say, "Oh, Greg is doing great," but not to say Guillermo wasn't doing great. Guillermo is great too, and Guillermo's still a great coach. And you know, when oh, he is a great coach, he he's, it's not he was a great coach. Listen to how much he clarifies himself. And it's it's because so much of what he says, Kevin, on a regular basis gets taken out of context for him. And and so he's really trying to always put context in everything that he says. But that ends up going on a seven minute sideways rant whenever he does. And that's usually where you get the Chicharito yeah. answers. He, well, he is smart. I, I've talked to him probably more than anybody this year. Um, thanks to Vicky Mercado and the Galaxy. I've had a chance to interact with him a lot. He's been very fun. He's uh, playful. He laughs a lot. He smiles a lot. However, if you've heard him on a press conference, he does speak faster than any human being on the planet. He does. And in Spanish, he's about – it sounds like you just turn the speed up. He's so – he speaks so fast. It's impossible. And, and he does – he changes subjects in the middle of a sentence sometimes, and, and it's hard to transcribe. That's why I don't quote him very often because I know what he meant. Right. But that's not what he said. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> – and, 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 and by the way, just as an aside – if you listen to him, he sounds almost identical to Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso. And Danny Rojas is a Mexican player who wore, wears number fourteen. Although he came, he came to the Premier League from Tigres, not from uh, from Chivas. But so he's Mexican guy. Sounds just like Chicharito's number fourteen. Jason Sudeikis lives in L.A. I have to believe he knew. that wasn't coincidence. Yeah, he knew what he was doing with that. That, that it, it's again, you're 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 not wrong. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Victor Vasquez. Here's a guy. Who we all said, great, he's coming to the LA Galaxy. I guess they're burning an international slot on him. And uh, I guess he'll come and play off the bench, Kevin, right? I mean, that's what we said whenever they were going to sign a 34 I said that about Zalata. <laughs> we're, we're betting a thousand on these. Zalatan, yeah. We're betting a thousand on these. Um, and you go out there and see, you know, Victor Vasquez pulling strings. I, I said he was the second best player on the field. Um, you know, Jorge Villafania, the reason he was so successful against the Red Bulls was he was able to absorb pressure, step around it, and that opened up space time and time again. Go back if you watch that game, watch how many times he got New York to collapse on him. And then he would just sort of shift his weight sideways a little bit, take a step forward, and he would dodge two or three Red Bull players. Well, if there's two or three Red Bull players on him trying to trap him against the sideline and he's able to wiggle out of that, that means there's space for everybody else. And that's where the space was being created, him and from Victor Vasquez. And Vasquez had the inch perfect pass to Chicharito on the inside they where he caught it on in the box and he went five hole again that's two five hole right through the goalkeeper's legs uh two two in two weeks uh for Chicharito there 
um, just the perfect passes, the way to relieve that pressure. He would allow the pressure to draw in. And as that pressure came in, he would look for passes that would defeat that and find the open man. Um, you know, I think they found Grand Sur a little bit better in this game as well. And I'm still, you know, I know people want to draw conclusions early. I'm still on the fence about him. I haven't seen anything that's horrible. Haven't seen anything that's great. It seems like he's just a little rusty, like he's not on the same page with everybody. And I think once that, once he sort of gets that, I think he's going to be good. He's not fast. I don't think we ever call, watch, I'm sure we did. I'm sure we called him fast. He's quick. Um, and so I think that that's going to feed him well, but it's going to be better whenever you get the fast guy who's Kevin Cabral coming in on the other side. And so that balance there and trying to find that balance, um, is, is sort of the, the interesting part of this LA galaxy team. I mean, you're, you're two games in Kevin, uh, you're getting great play from Vasquez. You're getting great play from, um, from Jorge Villafania. Jonathan bond has been outstanding. I think the defense has been hit and miss. They've had some bad moments. They've had some good moments. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I think the center and midfield with Jonathan Dos Santos and Adam Saldana has been a bit of a mess so far. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos has not played well in either of the first two games. Uh, I think he had, I think Jonathan Dos Santos had a good start in this game, maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And after that sort of went downhill. Um, but I also think the pairing with Saldana is not, um, is, is not perfect for him either. And having said all that, Adam Saldana is not a starter for this LA Galaxy team when Kevin Cabral comes back because when Kevin Cabral comes back or whenever he gets integrated into the team, he starts at the left wing position. Grant Sur is on the right wing position. Sebastian Legette drops back in the middle. That means Adam Saldana goes to the bench. Um, and I think that you could see Saldana coming in later in the game where Harvey fits in. I think Harvey has done a good job in this. I think the big problem for the LA Galaxy was that they get the third goal in the 60th minute. And for me... Um, such a great goal, by the way, um, such a great look, uh, for the LA galaxy, just in terms of, uh, moving the ball, being quick. Julian Araujo starts that move. You know, Victor Vasquez is in a position to be dangerous. Um, and then the ball comes to the back post and, and Chicharito is able to sort of slam it home. So all of those things are great for the LA galaxy and you like it. But the problem was that after that 60th minute, you got into the subs and the subs are, were certainly a, a little bit of a, a contentious issue or at least a question mark on some of these. Um, but in the matter of, I don't know, a couple minutes, Kevin, you lost Victor Vasquez cause you wanted to sub him. Uh, you lost Jonathan Dos Santos cause you, cause he got a cramp and you, and you subbed out Chicharito all right down the center of the field in those. And I think the LA galaxy really struggled whenever that happened. And that let New York come back. Like they had most of the night, they scored that second goal, which was, you know, I think bad marking on by Rajo in the corner. Um, just a whole bunch of things. They did not have the ability to sort of wait this game out, even though they ended up having to kill the game all the way through a hundred minutes. Yeah. That's one thing that the galaxy I, in recent history have had problems with, you know, finishing out games. One thing I do like about the offense with Vasquez is, you know, he has set up two goals, one in Miami, one uh, against the Red Bulls, where he's almost on the sideline. He's almost, you know, he's way wide. And that why, and in fact, the Galaxy, I think three of their five goals this season have come from wide plays that start out wide. They're not direct. They're not going up the middle. They're finding Chicharito, and, and, and by staying wide, they're creating a lot of space for Chicharito to run around the box and do the things that he's creative at. Um, I, I really like the way, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I thought Vasquez was a guy that was going to come off the bench and, and, 
Dennis and, and Greg Vanny both said, nope, nope, he's a guy we're going to use. He's going to see a lot of quality minutes, and he has. But I like the way he stretches the field. That's one thing that the Galaxy did back in the Bruce Arena days, too, is they played very wide and you know, uh, crossed the ball in and were able to create opportunities because they had a lot of space in the box. And you see this team doing that as well. Yeah, you, you see it happening. You see them playing well. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting that interchange Vasquez playing on the left, you know, sort of being that wide player and really opening up wide. Um, you saw him switch a whole bunch of times inside with, uh, with some of the other players, Jonathan Dos Santos, um, and Adam Saldana, they're able to move and sort of do it. We saw that with Sebastian Lejet in there with the ability to sort of rotate through players in the preseason, um, as well in, in terms of not being predictable about where Vasquez is going to show up. I saw at one point, Ethan Zubak and, and, and Sam Grancio on the same side um on the right side and they were both over there with vasquez offsetting to the other side um not being predictable and, and i think vasquez allows you to not be predictable i think greg vanny is preaching the unpredictability of how they want to sort of attack these things and i think that as they get more and more integrated into these things um you're going to see the la galaxy being more and more creative on the offensive side we didn't see kevin sort of the build-up play um, and I say this knowing very well that there was a 13 pass sequence that ended up uh, uh, leading to a goal for the LA Galaxy, the, the second Chicharito goal. Um, but we didn't see as much of the buildup play, I think, as we did against Miami. But knowing that New York closed down things faster than Miami did, uh, maybe that's not surprising. Is, is that fair? Well, well, I, I want to talk about for a minute. I want to talk about this highlight. If you could start it again, I or, mean, it, it'll just keep looping. So, okay, yeah. as it starts again, uh, you know, a lot of guys I, have talked about the, the the. Okay, watch this. So Vasquez misses the ball, sliding, misses the Araujo pass. Everyone here now is going to celebrate with Chicharito. Watch Araujo. He comes in to talk to Vasquez, who's still on the ground. Um, you know, this is for those of, uh, of you who are actually watching it, of course. But Araujo doesn't go to the celebration. He comes to check on his teammate first. And you'll see later in this highlight, Grant Sear leaves the celebration and goes over to check on Vasquez, too. I don't think Vasquez was hurt. But the point is, here comes Grant Sear over to, to see Araujo. And then he goes, I think, to check on Vasquez. These guys are – they talk about in the locker room how everyone's together and how the mood feels different. Jonathan Dos Santos talked about that in Spanish last week about how – he he just he didn't feel any of this team uh, togetherness and teamwork uh, the last couple of years, um, and, and everybody feels like they're in this together. And that goal celebration, the more I watch that, the, the people go to celebrate with Chicharito, but they're all checking on one another. People go to check on Vasquez as well to make sure you know to sell. Vasquez made the goal and he should be part of the celebration. Uh, it just it just seems like a team now um and i think jonathan's right it didn't feel that way the last couple of years no and, and it hasn't and and you know you can certainly look at the buy-in on a bunch of this stuff and say you know it's early and with two wins of course everybody's happy and you know start losing and see what happens i i, I don't think it's going to change i'm going to be honest with you i see i hear i i feel like everybody has has bought the greg vanny uh kool-aid uh, so far here, Kevin. And yeah, after a bunch of losses and things not going their way, maybe it can fall apart. But right now, uh, this seems like a very tight knit locker room. And, and that's a huge thing. And did you notice that before the game, one of the things Greg Vanny did is once the, everyone came out and, and the substitutes were in their seats on the bench, Greg Vanny went down and fist bumped with everybody, said hello to everybody, talked to them. OK, minor thing. You know, I do that when I go to work. I go say hello to all the editors and walk. Uh, a lot of coaches don't do that. 
you know, it's like, these are my 11, you guys are whatever, I'll get to you when I need you. Greg Vanny included them. And there were times in the game when he would go down to the substitutes area on the bench and talk to guys and say, did you see what this happened? Did you see what happened there? Did you see where this, how this player reacted? Be ready for that. The defense is doing this. They're trying to take that away from us. Um, he was coaching throughout the whole game. It's what he's supposed to do. He's a coach. He, he's but a, we don't see that all that often. No, you don't see it. I, I think the good guys, this is a guy who likes to coach guys. Uh, who likes to coach guys up, who likes to build them up, who wants to get everybody. That's the thing. Everybody on this bench thinks that they are a part of this team, and that has not been the case. Um, you know, Just because you didn't get picked by by the coach, well, last year that would have meant that you were down in the dumps and you weren't ready to play, and this year it is, yes, I'm ready. Whatever you need me to do, I don't care if it's to pick up towels or go get cones. I'm ready to do it because I know it's going to help my brothers and I know it's going to help the team. Um, I thought the possession battle was interesting. Greg Vanny talked about it afterwards. There were two things that I thought were were sort of interesting from Vanny. One is this possession thing. We would have liked to have had more possession. That was Greg Vanny after the game. We would have liked to have had more possession, but we didn't. Um, and we understand that. And, you know, that is what it is against the Red Bulls. The really thing for me here is when you look at the possession battle that was lost by about six points. So 53% for the Red Bulls, 47% for the LA Galaxy. The Galaxy only had 30 less passes than the Red Bulls with that possession. That to me is is not does not equate something is not right there. You would expect that with six more points of possession that Red Bulls would have, I think considerably more passes than that. So it tells me that the LA galaxy were either passing quickly and losing possession in those passing quickly, but making passes and successful passes and doing things 74.6% passing accuracy down from the Miami game, but, and not as high as the Red Bulls who had almost an 80%, 78.9% passing accuracy. So you look at all those and you sort of put there and say, listen, Red Bulls were successful in a lot of what they did and the galaxy still were able to put put things together and uh, and score some goals that's one thing the other part about this is greg vanny talked about the grass kevin he talked about the grass and said the grass was dry he goes it was drier than we would have liked and that in the first half certainly the ball was not getting to where we needed it to because it was getting stuck on the grass now i have some geniuses on twitter who like to say don't i don't need to hear excuses from the coach the players should just adapt and whenever I say those geniuses, it's like, he's not making an excuse. He's telling you what happened. He's explaining it. And I'm sure this means that this week, Kevin, he will have a sit down with the head of the, of the groundskeeping and say, we need more water on the field. That uh, the speed of the ball is not going to be a problem in Seattle. I guarantee you that. <laughs> they put water on the gra- on, on the turf there in order to make sure yeah, that they it do. doesn't stick. It's, it's yeah. the same thing. There's the same properties are at play here. And Greg Vanny likes a quick moving ball and it was not quick enough for him. The players were expecting it to be quicker, Kevin, and therefore the passes did not go where they were supposed to. Now, people said, well, the Galaxy should just adapt. Well, they did win the game, didn't they? Three to two. So they did adapt. They figured it out. But it's little stuff like that that can really make the difference. And at your home... You should get that right. And I know that Greg, yeah. Greg Vanny is a guy who's like out there feeling the grass, you know, before little Ted Lasso, whenever Greg Lasso bends down and, and feels the grass. That's Greg Vanny has not seen Ted Lasso, which we talked about last week. He has not seen it, but he is the embodiment of Ted Lasso so far. Yeah, I, he's he is the perfect Ted Lasso. And it's amazing that he hasn't seen it yet. And, and we're going to have to get him an Apple Plus subscription so that he can watch it. Um, you know, and maybe he can start calling the diggity the dog track. Um, was it Nelson Road? Uh, yeah, I, I think Nelson, so. I, 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 you, I, you've watched it more times than me, but, I think. Yeah. Oh, I love it. But but you know, here's the thing. I mean, it, Galaxy fast start. Enjoy it. I'm not uh, as excited as I am by this and how much fun this team has been to watch. I'm not convinced that they're as good as they've played so far. Um, we'll find out uh, in the next two weeks. 
But I, I would say to Galaxy fans, after four really lean years, man, enjoy this because not only are they winning, which is the point, but they're winning in a fun, fun way. And yes, we we pointed out all the areas where they can ha- they have to improve. That's a good thing. That means they can get better. That this is not you know the best that they're going to be. Whether they're a, a, an MLS Cup contender, I, I guess I'm not convinced yet. But you know I'm enjoying this while it's happening because. Um, you know, like we said, last four years, of, there's not been a whole lot to celebrate. Yeah, there, there hasn't been uh, the, the XG, the game flow, uh, which comes from uh, Gameflow XPG on Twitter, if you ever want these. And I always love the uh, the expected goals game flow. It's always interesting to see where the that peaks are. looks like are. an electrocardiogram. Yeah, it is. And and lucky for the LA Galaxy, they're alive. Um, all three of Chicharito's goals do register pretty high, except for the second one. Second one actually was the least... Uh, likely of a goal in in that particular situation, I think probably just from where the ball came in, um, and it is uh, it, it's just it's one of the it's the first game so far in in the Miami game the XG actually leaned towards Miami uh, in this game the, the expected goals does lean towards the LA Galaxy um, at one point five seven and uh, a little bit uh, from the Red Bulls at one point three nine. So again, a fairly even match. I think that sort of points out the Galaxy gave up some some really bad goals in this game. Um, and when you look at that and you see that, it's like that means there's room for improvement. You can see it. They know it. Um, and so overall, 3-2, Chicharito gets three goals. Again, five goals on the season, six goals for the LA Galaxy total this season. Sasha Klesch and the other goal scorer in the Miami game. Um, you know, defense is, is a little bit of a work in progress still. Um, that's sort of the last thing that comes around. Uh, I was having a discussion with Scott French, and he was saying, you know, the Galaxy are probably just going to have to outscore people. And I said, pump the brakes on your they're just going to have to outscore people. The Galaxy really don't even have their preferred defense in there. Greg Vanny doesn't have his preferred defense in there. With Derek Williams, who was supposed to be a game day decision, not dressing. Um, I think if you want to watch something for the Seattle game, will Derek Williams make his start, his Galaxy debut on turf in Seattle? And if you say no, then are you going to start him against LAFC and El Trafico? And that's going to be his baptism by fire. So there's not easy answers on either of those for Seattle or LAFC. That's something to watch. Um... So I think the defense still has some 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 revolutions to make. There's still some things happening. Derek Williams needs to, I think, slot in for Nick Depew. Um, we'll see if uh, if Koulibaly eventually comes in. I was told that that looks like that's done and that is happening. So um, Koulibaly coming in uh, as another center back. I don't know where he fits in. I don't know how much. It, apparently, the fee, as was reported in France on, on Koulibaly, um, Kevin, is very small. Um, almost insignificant was sort of their idea. And they're trying and they released him. Now, this was all from on the on the French side of things. I haven't been able to, to absolutely confirm this, but I was told this is happening. So none of it surprises me. Um, so we'll see if he's actually coming in to be a starter or if he's coming in to be a, a, a backup. Um, so there's some there's some moves still to be made here, Kevin. And, and so I think that means that you need to pump the brakes on sort of one. Is this the LA Galaxy offense or two? Is this the LA Galaxy defense? Pieces need to be added. Yeah, and it's going to be a work in progress all season. I mean, we talked about that before. Obviously, the the game time decision on Derek Williams, that decision was no. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I I I don't think I'd play him on turf, and I wouldn't hesitate to use him in El Trafico. Here's a guy from the Premier League. He's or in England, anyways. He's played in some pretty big games, a pretty big atmosphere. Do you think Chicharito has won the fans back though? I, I yes. granted six thousand seven hundred and fifty eight or whatever it was. Did he win the fans back when that game? 
I mean, I, you know, it's a process. It's a process. Uh, let me let me be clear. If you criticize Chicharito for last year, Kevin, you, me, anybody else who's watching, you are 100% cor- correct. He was not good last year. Uh, that doesn't mean, by the way, if if you were still if you were still saying, oh, he's the best player ever after watching last year, then you're just as bad as the people who are saying he's still not good when you're seeing him in, in, in the first two games of this year. Take new information. Take that new information, compute it, look at it. Tell me that Chicharito of 2021 looks anything like 2020. It doesn't. He's new. He is winning the fans back. It's a progression, though. You have to do it for 34 games. I'm not saying he has to score in every game. That's not what needs to happen. Um, but when you look at what he's doing, and let's let's bring up a graphic that's way too early to bring up. All right? I mean, I, I agree 100%. This is way too early to bring up. And I wanted to bring this up because I was looking through some things and I was like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not unreasonable to think this one of the fastest starts ever for LA galaxy goal scorer, five goals, um, in the first two games. Uh, and when you look at what he has to do, we were trying to classify Chicharito as being successful, Kevin, right? Like what would make Chicharito successful? Well, when you're looking at, you know, one of these things like, um, you know, Landon Donovan, Landon Donovan's best year ever for the LA Galaxy, he scored 20 goals. Robbie Keane's best year ever for the LA Galaxy, he scored 20 goals. Hurtado's best year ever for the LA Galaxy, he scored 21 goals. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's 2018 campaign, he scored 22 goals. Carlos Ruiz, the previous record holder before Zlatan in 2019, scored 24 goals. Zlatan scored 30 goals. Looking at what Chicharito is doing now, we thought that 15 would probably be a pretty good season for him, right? But you can certainly see that he's well within striking distance, again, after two games. Understand there's injuries, but think about all the work he doesn't have to do to get to 20 after already scoring five goals. He's 25% of the way there. So if Chicharito has between 15 and 20 goals, he had a good season, right? Well, it would mean that he'd be declining from now because, like I said, he's on pace for 85. But <laughs> the thing uh, – uh, so much of this game is momentum, uh, especially for a striker. He feels good about himself now. He feels good about his game. He feels like he's doing things right. That stuff builds just as it built last year, and you could see the pressure mounting each time he's played a game or he didn't play well. The Houston game, it was like, okay, the opener, I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm getting used to MLS. The second game with Vancouver, he didn't get a shot. It was a terrible game. That stuff started to build. It's starting to go the other way now. Uh, And another thing in talking to Chicharito last week, one of the things I think that happened is there was so much off-field distraction, and he refuses to use any of that as an excuse. So this is me making an excuse for him. There was so much off-field stuff. I don't think he really realized how distracted he was until he made the conscious effort this offseason to get rid of all that and to rededicate himself. Uh, And I think he has an appreciation for that. And that's why he keeps talking about, look, he keeps saying, it's not not me, it's the team. And he says, um, you know, don't judge me on how I play a soccer game. Judge me how how I am as a person. I think he's come to the realization that this is fleeting, you know, and and he's enjoying this moment now because it could go away at any time. Uh, I, I just think, yes, he's 32. He's going to be 33 in June. But he matured this offseason. Yeah, he, he very well could have. Anyway, uh, yeah, keep an eye on that on the chart as we see there. You know, 30 goals for Zlatan Ibrahimovic in 2019. That's an all-time single-season goal-scoring record for the LA Galaxy. I'm not saying Chicharito's going to get there. But if you're telling me that he can get within striking distance of Robbie Keane at 20, 
Robbie Keane's best year he ever had, Kevin. 20 goals for the LA Galaxy. That might have even been 2015. Let's see. He was MVP in 2014, right? So he scored 20 goals in 2015 um, as the backup because he was MVP in 2014 when the Galaxy won uh, the MLS Cup. Was that correct? Um, I think it's I- correct. I think it might be the other way around. I is, think there it, was one year when he should have won it and he didn't. I remember that it's very controversial. There was a year that when he should have won it, but he didn't. Um, anyway, but Robbie Keane, you know, all-time Galaxy legend, um, obviously before because of the Cups, but before his goal scoring, had 20. Are, yeah, Chicharito is within dis- touching distance of that this year after only have scoring five goals because... It's just the natural progression of things. If he keeps his confidence up, I mean, at this point, Kevin, he's going to have hit be 20 by, you know, July. Um, if, if, you know, he keeps going, we're not saying that's going to happen, but put it into perspective of what he needs to do this season to win things back. You were talking about winning fans back. That's one of the things. Look at those goal scorings. And if he can put himself anywhere near these guys, Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, Edward Hurtado, Eduardo Hurtado, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Carlos Ruiz, um, then that, that means something. Well, and, and another thing I just want to add to that is, so uh, opposing teams, obviously, they see Chicharito has five goals. That's the guy we got to stop. We got to defend him. How do you defend a, uh, a guy that scored three goals off deflections off the defenders and the goalkeeper? Do you tell your defenders, hey, don't deflect the ball? No, they're, they're just trying to make a play. Um, Chicharito, as a, a, a quintessential poacher, a guy who moves around and gets in the right positions and cleans things up, he's almost impossible to defend. You, you, you know, put all the guys you want on him and a ball deflects off a defender, there's a reaction to that. The ball falls at Chicharito's feet and he scores. You can't stop that. Um, there are ways to defend a Carlos Vela or Robbie Keane or Landon Donovan, maybe effectually, may, maybe not effective. There are ways to try to defend them. You can't defect a guy, uh, def- defend a guy who's scoring off rebounds. Did you see uh, the Mexican national team, by the way, throwing some shade Chicharito's way with uh, their little tweet where they were saying, "Hey, look at these guys who are who are playing, who are who are going to be uh, playing for the Mexico national team here." Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos had this many minutes, and Efrain Alvarez had this many minutes, and crickets. No well, Chicharito. But I thought it was interesting that Chicharito said he would uh, welcome an invitation to play in the Olympics. He's still really sore about what happened in 2012, the Olympics in in London, and he's in Manchester with Manchester United in preseason training camp. He could go away in the afternoon and come back in the next day and be back in training camp. They refused to let him play, and Mexico won a gold medal. Um, so Chicharito now has missed three Olympics that he could have played in. Um, he really would like to play in this one. And Dennis DeClosa can Give him permission to go do that. He can. Uh, again, uh, Chicharito made the team of the week. We talked about that. Um, second time, uh, the fact that uh, Victor Vasquez isn't on this uh, particular list and the fact that, uh, like I said, uh, Jorge Villafania isn't one of the, what, they give three defenders because, you know, MLS wouldn't want to actually highlight any defense. Defense doesn't sell uh, subscriptions and TV rights and all that fun stuff, but uh, Jorge Villafania should have probably been on this list um, as well. Uh, so there was that, and then we already said it, he got player of the week the second uh, time in a row. So two weeks in a row, Chicharito has been player of the week. Uh, last time that happened was the last two weeks of the 2019 season, uh, and we already gave you a stat on uh, on some of the other stuff. One more thing from the game, Kevin, that I thought was really uh, kind of fun, and I just saw this picture, and this was posted by, I believe, uh, Jalen Neal's uh, mom, but it was uh, Jalen Neal's mom and Marcus Fercrano's uh, his his mom and they were standing there basically in the caption said you know dreams do come true uh, with both of the kids playing up at the senior team. Uh, however, 
Jalen Neal, little injury news in case you haven't been paying attention. Uh, Jalen Neal in a walking boot right now, Kevin, in a walking boot with a stress fa- fracture, I believe, of his left foot. If I'm if I'm 100 percent correct, it might be his right foot. I can't actually remember. Um, Jalen been yeah. there, done that. Got the T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, you you know all about this. Um, basically, they're saying uh, it, the, the L.A. Galaxy are saying it's a stress uh, stress reaction, which is a small stress fracture. Um, and, but everything I read says that that's six to eight weeks. Um, but you know, even if we're on the minor side of that, maybe it's only three to four weeks, but you can expect that Jalen Neal is going to be out at least, you know, I think a month, um, minimum. Yeah, Jalen hit, hit me up, hit me up. I'll help you out with this. Yeah. Just absolutely. went through it. Um, yeah. So, so that's something to sort of keep an eye on in terms but of, we had a signing too. We had a signing to kind of take his place, I guess. Yeah. Which, which signing was that? Didn't they sign a player today? I saw you had the graphic up earlier. Today. I, yeah, um, this Galaxy Two. It's just Galaxy Two news. I mean, you know, come on, pay pay attention with with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Josh Drack actually signed uh, for LA Galaxy Two. So this is the LA Galaxy's uh, draft pick. So now both draft picks have signed with LA Galaxy Two. Just something that we wanted to sort of highlight um, with some of those things as it goes. Uh, another little graphic that we had uh, fun with uh, today as well is the LA Galaxy have played two games so far. They've scored six goals to date. Uh, the goals conceded to date were four. So the LA Galaxy, if you project that out through 34 games, uh, 102 uh, goals scored this year uh, if they just if they're to stay on pace uh, and 68 goals given up, which they have done before, as you. you yeah, mentioned. we've seen that. Yep. <laughs> we so it's not a, it's not either. But the goal differential would be nice, you know, uh, around like 35 or 36, somewhere in there. Um, so, yeah, it would it would all work out if that was the case uh, for the L.A. Galaxy. We 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 spoke a little bit about this, Kevin, and I want to make sure that we touch on this as well. Um, but Kevin Cabral still not in the United States. Um, so so Kevin Cabral watched still on uh somebody by the way said uh and i think in our discord we've been yanni gonzalez again um and so greg vanny was talking in the town hall and then also mentioned it yes last week in the press uh basically said that he expected that cabral would leave um would be headed this way either sunday monday or tuesday well we're, we're through sunday we're through Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday as we're recording. Um, and there was a video of Kevin Cabral training that was posted today. So at least Monday, he was still in France. Um, and so we'll see if perhaps Tuesday is the day that he makes it uh, come over. Now, um, is this COVID related? Because it seems like a long time. And I know there's COVID stuff he has to do when he gets here. But there is, is there, I know what I heard he was working on the visa and that there may be COVID protocols in in the visa application process as well i don't know it sounds like it's just pro it sounds like visa but remember that the visa offices themselves are being affected by covid and so you have to figure out how to it's a slower we already knew it was a slow process and then it's slower now because of covid um as it goes so yeah it's it's not it's not anything um i i don't think there's anything the la galaxy can do uh to help out and and to do anything so kevin cabral still sitting there the problem here is you need to get him in you need to get him quarantined uh, by the way, I think the European Union announced over the weekend that vaccinated Americans will be able to travel to uh, to Europe in the summer. We, this guy's going the other way, though. I know. And, and I would imagine. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that that leads through. I'm hoping that that leads to a couple things. Right. Is that if you're the European Union says that going that way, that the United States says if you're vaccinated, you can come this way. And then the other part about that is I'm hoping that Canada says between the United States, if you're vaccinated, you can come back and forth between Canada and the United States. And maybe that also applies to Mexico as well, because as we know, all the Canadian teams currently still playing in the United States because they can't travel back and forth across the border. And I would like for them to be home where their home is. 
And by the way, and and we we talk about this all the time, and I don't make it's not scare tactics. COVID is blowing up everywhere else. I mean, we're doing a great job here with the with the vaccines. I get my second dose on Wednesday, yay! Um, but around the world, it's record number of infections, record number of deaths. Last week, Germany is going through its most uh, a draconian shutdown. They're shutting everything down: gyms, uh, stadiums, everything. Only supermarkets are going to be open in Germany. There's a curfew. Uh, I know France has been affected. So uh, we mentioned that only because we're talking about Kevin Cabral coming over and whether the Canadian teams are going to be able to move back and forth. We're we're kind of in a little bit of a, I don't know, a bubble here in the United States, North America, because the vaccine rate is so good. And you had some vaccine news uh, on our intrepid warriors. Yeah, yeah. The LA Galaxy today were offered the vaccine. Um, from our understanding, Kevin, we know that uh, they were they, they volunteered a lot um, and that they they volunteers were able to get vaccinated. But I was told that the L.A. Galaxy were not getting vaccinated, um, that the players themselves were actually waiting until it happened. Now, um, I don't have numbers for you. Um, I can't tell you whether or not <laughs> whether or not that everybody got vaccinated. The L.A. Galaxy are not going to release that. And it's not not information that they're sharing, at least right now. Um, but basically, they were offered vaccines hey, look, today. Look at Greg Vanny back there. Yep. Yeah, is and that Greg, seeing his players get back, that's the kind of coach he is. He is. He, he, he accompanies his players to their vaccination. Uh, Dignity Health Sports, or Dignity Health, by the way, I, I wanted to say the whole name of the stadium. Dignity Health was uh, the reason that the LA Galaxy were able to get vaccinated. They were able to sort of um, put that together and, and, and be able to get that done. So I thought that was interesting that they got it. Now, I think that most of the staff had already been vaccinated because they were doing the volunteering stuff. I think Dennis DeClosa and Greg Vanny and that type of thing when they were volunteering. Chris Klein. Yeah, Chris Klein. Vicky Mercado. Yeah. Yeah. When they were volunteering with the um, with the the mobile clinics or, or, or there at the stadium where they had this the vaccination site, whenever you volunteered, you were able to get vaccinated. So. Um, it's interesting because the NFL is being really strict about this, uh, basically saying that if you're going to come in contact with tier one people and tier one is basically the players, same with MLS, by the way, there's tier one people, there's tier two. I think we're tier three is media and tier three. We're not yeah. allowed to mix with tier one or two. But photographers had to get COVID tested. They didn't have to be vaccinated, but they had to be tested before they could photograph the game because there was a chance a loose ball or something comes over to a photographer. He could breathe on a player yep. and they had to be tested. Yeah. And, and last year the photographers were up in the stands this time because there, there are fans in the stands. They had to move the photographers back down onto the field. And so with that proximity came the, uh, the necessity to get them COVID tested. So, um, you know, I talked to the LA galaxy about a couple different things. Um, and one of them is that LAFC and the Dodgers are both doing vaccinated sections, right? Where you have a vaccinated section. And if you're in that section, you don't have to social distance. Okay. You still have to wear your mask, but you don't have to abide by the six feet social distancing, that type of thing. And I asked if the LA galaxy were going to do that as well. And they are looking into it and imagine that that may, may come in down the road that you could have a whole section. Say you get a supporters group section that if you're fully vaccinated, you can be, you can act just like you normally do with the supporters group, except you have to wear a mask. Um, so I think that stuff is starting to come here even more. So if you're interested in going to like concerts or you're interested in doing anything indoor sports, especially for like, you know, the NBA or the NHL or anything like that, I think being vaccinated, fully vaccinated will probably help you uh, do those things because you can see governments in terms of travel are going to start mandating that. Um, if you're coming to the United States, then you have to be fully vaccinated if you want to come in. Uh, same going other places. So there seems to be a lot of uh, momentum headed that way. Uh, another note, by the way, before we get to sort of the weekly schedule and wrap up tonight's show, 
um, was that LA Galaxy 2 this year it will be playing at the main stadium, Kevin. We knew that. They were supposed to be playing at the main stadium last year. I think it's a USL requirement because of the number of seats they need to have in order to stay in the USL championship. Um, so they have to play at the main stadium. Uh, but as of right now, the LA Galaxy not offering any attendance. So no fans are able to go and watch those games. Uh, I have to imagine it's a real money loser. Uh, I know that the the games that the, the game that we just went to on Sunday is a big money loser for the LA Galaxy in terms of how much money they have to outlay for staff and for the safety protocols to get you know, 20% to almost 25% people in the stadium, uh, they're not making money off that game. In fact, it probably costs them more money than, than really uh, they would ever imagine sort of recouping. So uh, I think with LA Galaxy 2, that's the that's the idea right now is that there's too much of a money loss, but I would have, I, I think it would have been great to be able to, to go to those games and support those guys. But as of yeah. right now, that's not happening. Did you notice, I, I have to say, I didn't pay attention to, do you notice whether the, uh, the majority of fans that you saw kept their mask on? Did you notice unmasked fans or did it look? Yeah. I mean, there were a couple, I, I wouldn't, I, I think social distancing was pretty much, uh, was in effect. So I didn't have any problems. I think there was, you know, a handful here and there, but for the most part on the concourse, no, everybody's wearing a mask. Like whenever you were walking yeah. around, everybody's wearing a mask. Cause I've been watching Dodger games and every time they show a, uh, a shot of the fans, no one's wearing a mask and it, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I just, I, I loved having fans in the game, in the stadium yesterday. It was great. Yeah. It was, if you weren't there, you missed it. Um, it was so much fun to have the fans and the noise back that I don't want to go back to this empty studios uh, audience thing anymore. No, you know, and keep the mask on because I want to keep this going. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good call. Let's go to uh, the weekly schedule real quick. Uh, the LA Galaxy uh, training on Monday, team off on Tuesday, so tomorrow, April twenty seventh, uh, the team will be off. Training Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, uh, Saturday, and then the game on Sunday, uh, a 6 p.m. Pacific time kickoff up in Seattle against the Sounders. Uh, here's the interesting part of this. Uh, nowhere on my weekly schedule, Kevin, does it say depart for Seattle. Um, and usually they tell us when they're going to leave. They're not going to give us the day or, or they're not going to give us the exact time, but they will say depart for you know this place. And so usually we can tell you when they're going to travel. Um, there's some discussion right now about the LA Galaxy. Uh, they want to go on Saturday. They want to travel up on Saturday. But MLS rules generally state right now that you have to travel the day of the game. Um, and so it seems like the MLS rules are going to dictate that the Galaxy fly up on Sunday morning and do that flight, uh, do that flight, play the game and then fly back that night. That way they don't have any overnights. There's no hotel. Um, we're going to see how it plays out. It's not like it's an argument going on. It's just everybody's discussing this, and that's why we don't know uh, currently where they're going to leave because they're either going to leave on Saturday in the afternoon to get there Saturday night, stay at a hotel, um, play the game on Sunday, and then come back Sunday night, or they're going to fly up sad Sunday morning, check into a hotel for a couple hours, get ready, um, and then uh, be ready for a flight after the game coming back home so they would arrive probably maybe close to midnight, um, you know, on Sunday as they're, as they're coming well, back home. Well, it's a, it's a six o'clock game. So they could go up in early and get to go to, they would go to a hotel anyways. They will go to a hotel. It's right. they go Saturday or Sunday, go to a hotel, recover a little bit. That is a kind of a long flight. It's a, you know, almost three hours. So it, it takes a little bit out of you. I would not want to go from the airport to play a game. Um, that's for sure. But the other, the other part of this is it's charter. There's not any of that airport right. stuff that the rest of us go through the exhausting thing of going through security and all that. And then sitting there waiting for the plane to come in and it's late. And then you got a board with all these other people. Um, the fact they're going charter makes it a little bit easier. But um, if I were them, I'd 
would definitely like to go up the night before because that is a little bit of a long flight. It is. And I think that's why the discussion is is, is currently happening. So we'll see. Well, I'm sure we'll get an update uh, early on. Uh, unfortunately for our show on Thursday night, uh, media availability will not be until Friday. Stupid Sunday games. Um, but won't be until Friday, which means that we'll miss the media availability for this week. And after last week's twice sort of build up to the home opener, having it once this week, it certainly makes sense. Um, so on Friday, uh, maybe a, a little bit before one, at least right now, that's when it looks like we're going to have media availability with uh, Greg Vanny and some select players, as is normally the case. And we'll be able to preview that for Seattle um, and sort of look at that. But in terms of having audio or anything else for the Thursday night game, we're going to miss it. It looks like by a, by a day there. Nothing surprising. I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, Kevin, before we close out, just want to quickly go over the standings. Uh, if you go over the eastern side, Montreal with four points, Atlanta with four points, New England with four points. Uh, that's how the Eastern Conference sort of uh, looks right now. New York City, Miami, D.C. United, and Nashville uh, round out the uh, playoff-bound teams after uh, the two games there. And if you head on over to the West, uh, the LA Galaxy, the only team in Major League Soccer, we talked about it, the only team in Major League Soccer right now with six points um, through their first uh, two games. And again, some of those had one point, some of those didn't. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are 12 undefeated teams right now in Major League Soccer, the LA Galaxy being one. The rest of the Western Conference includes LAFC, Seattle, so both of the next two games, Seattle and LAFC, both undefeated, um, and the LA Galaxy will play them. Sporting Kansas City undefeated, RSL has only played one game, and they're undefeated, and the Vancouver Whitecaps undefeated in the Western Conference. So, uh, that's sort of where the LA Galaxy sit right now. Again, a game uh, coming up on uh, on Sunday with Seattle. Kevin, anything else you want to close out with? The undefeated Vancouver Whitecaps playing in Salt Lake. Isn't that, isn't that... The, I got into an argument with somebody saying that they should let some fans in for those games. They're not having any fans. I think they should. I think they should. But, and they're like, well, only the away fans. I'm like, it's. It, I guarantee that some Vancouver fans who live in the western United States are going to go, I'm going to go watch a game in RSL and support the Vancouver Whitecaps because I'm one of the only ones that can. Um, maybe a neutral, maybe some RSL fans will buy some tickets and go and cheer for, the, cheer for Vancouver. Or maybe they'll cheer for the other team. But regardless, it's fans. I know it's a cost savings thing again i i certainly understand that reality but i just feel bad for the canadian teams right now not getting to play in front of fans so well and the other thing is if you're living that area what's to stop you from saying hey i got nothing to do tonight go to the movies go to a soccer game i get to see maybe they're playing columbus i'm gonna go see jassy's artist play uh you know they're playing seattle i'd love to go out and see seattle play and i can't make the trip to seattle no I don't know. It is. Why? That's Why what, not? That's what it is. Um, uh, Matt gives us a, a very nice uh, super chat. $10. Uh, Matt says, love the live show. Thank you both for all your hard work feeding our galaxy addiction. Uh, Matt, thank you for, for your donation. We appreciate that. Uh, and it'll go to a good cause. I won't give any of it to Kevin, I promise. Um, all right. Uh, I think that about does it, Kevin. Can we can we get out of here now? Um, we're not actually in here. I'm at home and you're at home. But I see that. Kobe bears back there in the in the green you get the green light on again it's I mean if you haven't noticed the Monday night show is green the Thursday night show is blue this is how I hadn't, these things, hadn't noticed yeah, because you're not on the Thursday night show so I oh, I understand okay. I notice it I know some of our our listeners our watchers notice it um, I'm sure our listeners notice it the most though they can they can feel the green through the through the audio anytime we're we're the talking. green lantern again uh, a live show on a Monday night I don't know if we'll do it forever we're gonna try it um, and see sort of how it goes. So if you want to book it for next Monday, you you certainly can. Um, and we will do our best to be on around eight o'clock. It won't be as 
as timely as maybe our 8 p.m. Thursday night shows where we start pretty much right around 8. It might be a couple minutes as we adjust things and on a Monday night trying to, you know, get kids to bed, um, dogs put to sleep, uh, Charlie Brown uniforms put on. Don't say dogs put to sleep. Oh, wow. That was that was (laughs) that was too close to home, wasn't it? I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) sorry. That was that was wait. Hold on. I have something for that. There we go. There we go. Actually, do I have... Welcome to Panda and Pato's Morning Zoo. Pato. 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 And Panda. Panda. In the morning. Panda and Pato in the morning. All right. You know, there's a big drawback to the live show, though, because it's only a matter of time before I screw up and say something that's going to get us sued. Yeah, I mean, yes, you will get sued. I will get to fire you. It'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I mean, you know, that's really why we're started to do the, do the, the live shows on Mondays anyway. All right. Uh, if you are looking for... Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter. It's at kbaxter11. Uh, and then head on over to latimes.com. latimes.com, where Kevin covers soccer in Southern California. Men's national team, women's national team, both teams in Southern California. You can find it at latimes.com. He works very hard. Go support him. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have a video, a reaction video from the uh, stadium I did yesterday before I left. You're going to want to catch that. Um, and a whole bunch more over there. A lot of video stuff coming out. Subscribe to YouTube, iTunes, Anywhere else you can find us, subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. All right, for Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening and watching Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.